and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. This podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And I've got three gentlemen on the podcast. Guys, go ahead and introduce yourselves. How's it going, Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director? Sam Schmidt, Pastor at Sacred City Moline. Kevin Kenora, Biblical Counselor. All right, we are going to continue our series kind of digging down into this idea of Christian nationalism. Um, again, we're, we're probably, we're going to answer some questions, we're gonna, but we're going to kind of stay up high level a little bit, and, and we're trying to answer some questions that I think many people have uh, down in their gut. Mm. Their own, we, we would call them presuppositions, things that we've come to believe as an American Christian, mm. or as an American, let's just say, that we bring into the church. And we've probably never been challenged on them. We've never really thought through the implications of them. And one of them is this idea that I have said in the past, and I've heard other people say, is that Christians shouldn't force people, right, or seek to, we could say, legislate morality Mm. or their morality, okay? Now, let me clarify something first. There's a difference between a person becoming a Christian and bowing their knee to the Lordship of Christ and being saved. We would all around this table agree we cannot force a person to do that. Correct. Right? Right. The only way for a person to believe is to offer them, you're right, to preach the gospel to them, offer them that free grace, mm-hmm. and they that, that person can receive free grace from a free God, and that person could be set free and, yeah. and be regenerated. Okay? But we... We command our children, we legislate the morality of our home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all do that. Do you not? Yeah. Oh, I do oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. You can't watch that. You can watch that. This is how we behave. Mm-hmm. So we all legislate the morality of our home, and we, we expect our kids to act Christianly in alignment with our, you know, honor your father and mother, and uh, obey us when we're obeying God, and hopefully disobey us when we're disobeying God, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because they ultimately uh, submit to the Lordship of Christ. Even if these kids aren't converted yet, we ex- we are legislating the morality of our mm-hmm. home, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> well, you can extrapolate that out to whatever group you're in. Pastors legislate the morality of the church. Now, we're not coming up with our own things. We're just saying, thus says the Lord, here's the scriptures. Yep. But we're holding the church members accountable to what Christ says a church member is, what mm-hmm. they covenant to, what we're covenanting with them to, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And if they don't, then we have to excommunicate. They, they, they told us this, right? Yep. Um, now, can I, can I take away somebody's salvation? No. Nope. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I can take away the blessings of the covenant community right. and bar the table from them and bar the fellowship and ex- excommunicate them, right. right? Well, keep extrapolating that out. A business owner can do the same thing. He can legislate the morality in his own office. Um, a governor can do the same thing, right? Boards, governance boards, Robert's Rules of Order would Mm. be an example of legislation of sort of conduct. Schools can legislate that. Mm. Nations can legislate that. Mm. All right, so the first thing we want to say right now is that question is a false dichotomy, all right? The reality is it's not whether a nation legislates morality it's which morality gets legislated. Ooh, yeah, that's good. Run that back. Okay, it's not whether a nation legislates morality. It's which morality 
gets legislated or whose morality gets legislated. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if you go over to Afghanistan, Afghanistan is legislating morality. Right. It's yep. just a demonic morality. Mm. Yeah. Okay. If you mm. go to Great Britain right now, Great Britain is legislating morality. It's just a mixed morality. It's mm. partially Christian and partially pagan. Yep. Right. If you go to New York City, New York City is, is legislating morality, right? And it's just a mixed morality. Yeah. Okay. So first off, we need to see that that's, you can't legislate morality. No, no, yes, you, everyone does. That's what legislation is. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that, that this concept is pushing at is that there's no neutrality. There's no like, that's one of the lies of secularism is that it's just a neutral um, Switzerland zone. Nobody has any preferences and and it's just a a void. And um, that space doesn't actually exist. There's, Again, it's not not whether, but which. It yeah. always is one of them. It's something. Yeah. So the Bible says, thou shalt not commit murder. All right? When a secularist comes in and says, you can, you know, th- there's so much freedom in this zone that you can, you can kill a, a child in your womb. Mm-hmm. You're legislating morality, mm-hmm. right? You're, le- yes. you're saying you can murder in this room right. or in this zone, in this state, mm. right? So... You're legislating morality Mm -hmm. one way or the other. The Bible legislates pro-life legislation. Let's just say that. Yep. Right? We could now we could extrapolate that out to every every different lots of different realms and spheres and and all kinds of different things. I think that's one of the questions that people get hung up on when they start talking about like if we were a Christian nation, how would we legislate? What would we say is wrong, what would we say is right, right? Well, right away, we're, 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 we're taking conversion off the table. Yep. You could be a pagan in a Christian nation. Yes. Mm-hmm. You could be an atheist in a Christian nation. You just couldn't be an atheist murderer right. in yeah. a Christian nation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or we could go, we could, we could get down in the weeds. And again, the, the goal is not to get down in, into all the, how specifically would you, would you legislate that? Right. But here's a question that has cooked my noodle in the past, and it might, it might be helpful for our people. Mm. On the front of our church, we're flying a flag that says Christ is Lord. Amen. Okay? When the early Christians said Christ is Lord, this is one of the things that got... Jesus crucified, mm-hmm. right? It was one of the things that got Christianity kind of banned, persecuted, yeah, and outlawed in the Roman Empire, yeah. mm-hmm. because the Romans said Caesar is Lord. Yep. Now here's the idea: Rome was a pluralistic society. Yeah. We could, in one sense, we could say it was a secular society. Mm-hmm. It was pagan, and what that meant was. Caesar did not care if you worshiped Jesus. Caesar didn't care if you worshiped Zeus. Caesar didn't care if you worshiped Aphrodite. Caesar didn't care if you worshiped a million other gods as long as you also worshiped him. Right. That's what it means to be Lord. You're saying Caesar is Lord. 
In this realm, Caesar is Lord. Mm -hmm. Will you bow your knee to Caesar? Right? Now, many Christians refused to say that, and then they were killed because they refused to say uh, Caesar is Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They said Jesus is Lord. In other words, they're saying to Caesar the one thing Caesar doesn't want to hear, and that is there's somebody above you. Right. Mm -hmm. There's somebody that you will be held accountable to. There's a law above your law. Right. There's a standard of morality above your standard of morality. Yep. There's a God above you that when you die, you'll go st- and you're going to stand before his throne. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay? So when we say Christ is Lord, that's what we mean. Now, what, what, most Christians would be like, well, yeah, that's what I mean too. Hmm. And I would say, I don't think that's what most people mean when they say Christ is Lord. Hmm. If you believe Christ is Lord... That means Jesus Christ is Lord over every single planet in the galaxy. He's Lord over every molecule that's in existence. If he's Lord, then why why are his laws not being legislated? Mm -hmm. I mean, when you look at it, though, it's, it's Christ is Lord until I'm offended. It's Christ is Lord until I don't get my way. Mm. It's Christ is Lord until I really like this thing over here and I like this group, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push God aside. Well, yeah, go ahead and do that. But then Christ isn't your Lord. Yeah. You know, I don't like the way Jesus handles it. Okay, well, then get your own universe. Mm. <laughs> Like Preach that thing. If you think you're Lord, if you think you're Lord, yeah, he like create yourself, govern right. yourself, invent yourself, mm-hmm. create your own kingdom. But you're on this planet, and it all belongs to him. Yeah. Now this is where I don't think Christians. I, I really think Christians have had some kind of weird separation. And we talked the last podcast about the two kingdoms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of this world and the kingdom that's not of this world. Yeah. Right. That's that's the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. But Jesus says, we, he teaches us to pray, your kingdom come mm-hmm. on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. So we believe that's not just at the end of time when Christ brings the fulfillment of that kingdom, yeah. but Christ is building that kingdom through his church right now, mm-hmm. and it is a mixed multitude of people. The, the, the visible kingdom, the visible church has got regenerate and unregenerate. And yet the standard of morality, the standard of reality... Yeah is the same for pagan or Christian. Mm-hmm. It's the same universe. Mm-hmm. It's all Christ. It's all under Christ's. Yeah. We're not so here's what the here's what many in the modern church have done. They say Jesus is a spiritual king mm. over a spiritual kingdom, but we're on earth and therefore ultimately are, it's just up to us. Like it's just preference, it's just mm. Or, or it's Satan, or it's the flesh, or it's yeah. man. Like, it's a land beyond his domain, almost. Yeah, we're, we're saying, like, ultimately what we're saying is Christ has no authority here. Right. So who am I to tell my neighbor to submit to the lordship of Christ? Who am I to enforce my morality on my neighbor? Well, you're nobody, but you're. But it's Christ. Who is Christ? Right. Yeah. Christ still made this person. Yep. Yep. Christ, this person is made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Christ spoke this person into existence. Mm-hmm. Called, Christ called this person forth, yeah. and they're still going to have to kneel before him mm-hmm. someday. Yeah. So we're calling people ultimately to submit to an eternal Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is, you know, 
there's no way unto the Father except through him, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life. Yes. That isn't just some kind of spiritual mumbo-jumbo for the church. So the way I framed this up before we started this podcast, I said, do you believe everyone must submit to the Lordship of Christ? Mm -hmm. Everyone. Yes. <laughs> I believe everybody should. Everybody must. Well, first of all, the the preface to the Great Commission of going and making disciples of all nations is that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. So right now, in real time, at the right hand of the Father exists Christ, the resurrected Christ, mm -hmm. and all authority belongs to Him. And then, uh, as He comes, He comes first as a Savior, and then He says He'll come back to be the Judge. And and in Acts 17. Um, it says at one point here, let me pull it up while I've got it here. At one point, um, in the times of ignorance, God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent mm -hmm. because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. And so the, the Christ that we proclaim as Lord is the resurrected Lord who will come again to judge. And so that, that's a thing. Will you profess Christ as Lord, the Lord, sole Lord, exclusivity of Christ's Lordship, or will you reject it? And, and it's either, yes, I do repent. I do profess Christ as Lord, and I get to enter into eternal life with him, or I reject it. And it's, it's a dark existence from that point forward. And, and that has spiritual and physical mm -hmm ramifications. Right. So spiritually, I submit my life to Christ. I repent of my sin. I trust by faith in Christ. But then I do the works that he prepared be beforehand for me to do. Correct. And so that means I begin to live my life as a Christian. I, the family rules of my home change. The yeah. culture of my home must change, right? Again, we business, church, government, all those things must change. The question is, I believe too many Christians live like Christ is only Lord over the church mm -hmm. and not Lord over the universe. Right. It's that kind of sacred secular divide, right? The perception of I go to church, you know, I have to behave at church and then I can go to work and act however I want. Yeah. So I would, this might not be popular to say, but I would say like we talked a little bit about the Israeli and Hamas war that's just started that's going on over there and clearly Hamas is demonic and the aggressor um, they, they went over and they killed something like 40 infants and cut their heads off and chopped, up, chopped them up infants why because they're demonic mm -hmm. right now Israel is a nation and has rights as a nation to protect itself so what Israel does next is Hamas's fault it's just ramification mm -hmm. now Israel could they need to, there's there's rules for just war theory. So, if Israel just straight up nuked them and wiped them off the planet, that would be an overreaction. That mm -hmm. would not be um, equal retaliation. But they're probably going to go in and do a ground assault and all kind of stuff. So we can say Hamas is demonic. Mm -hmm. That was evil. That was dark. That was wicked. Yeah. Israel has a right. So I support Israel and what Israel's about to do. But I also say Israel is an apostate state. Israel is a Christian heresy. Israel has refused to submit to the lordship of Christ. And so Israel needs to submit to Christ and honor him as Lord, and Israel needs to reform. Mm -hmm. Israel's got, you know, 
pagans and atheists and unbelievers and all that kind of stuff. So we're saying they have a national right to do that, and yet Christ is Lord even over them, yeah. mm -hmm. and, he's and he's going to judge them. Mm -hmm. So as a Christian, I am saying, Israel, you need to repent too. You need mm -hmm. to reform too. Mm -hmm. You need to bow your knee to Christ. Yeah, I think one of the... Francis Shaver talks about this in this terms of true reality. Like, what is, what is true regardless of your feeling, of your opinions, regardless of what situation looks like? The true reality is that Christ is Lord over all things, um, even though people reject it, even though people push away from it. It's still true that Christ is Lord. Mm -hmm. And obviously the work of the church is to evangelize, to share the gospel, um, to, to reveal the glory of Christ's lordship, and, and to um, be heralds to that good news and, and why people ought to profess Christ as Lord instead of mm -hmm. continuing to rebel. He just like Israel continues to do. Yeah, and many other nations, like the majority of nations. And I would say yeah. even America. Right. Yeah. Like we are apostate as well. We have rejected Christ as Lord and we are reaping the whirlwind because of it. Yeah. Right? Because it's it Christ or chaos. It's always Christ or chaos. So for those who, who push back and say, well, I don't know if we should do this. Listen to Psalm 2. Mm. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? All right? Are the nations raging? Oh, yeah. We've got war in Ukraine. We've got Russia invading Ukraine. We've got China doing all kind of crazy stuff. Russia doing all kind of crazy stuff. We've got now the Hamas and we've got Israel. We've, right? We've got a lot of nations raging. Why? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together mm -hmm. against the Lord and against his anointed. So here's one reason we don't want one world government because the nations are raging and their kings are setting themselves up against the Lord and his anointed. Who is that? Christ Jesus. That's Christ, mm. right? And they're saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. So we don't want to be under the lordship of Christ. Yeah. We want to do our own thing. Yeah. He who sits in the heavens laughs and the Lord holds them in derision. So... It doesn't matter how much they rage. It doesn't matter how much they stick their middle finger up, up to Jesus Christ. G G there's only one. There's only one man on the throne. Mm -hmm. There's only one Son of God. Yes. There's only one person mm -hmm. in the control room of the universe, mm -hmm. and that person is Jesus Christ. Yeah. So he laughs when the nations rage. When these guys think they're going to wipe Israel off the planet, like God laughs at that mm -hmm. because God has a plan for Israel. We or see that. Or even with Rome trying to snuff out Christians. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my mm. holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage. The nations your heritage. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? What does it mean that God will make the nations Jesus' heritage? Mm. What does that mean? Do you guys know? Means he's going to be he's lord over those too. Yeah. What's a heritage? Heritage is is the lineage, the history, the the people that come from you. Okay. Or inheritance. Yeah. Or inheritance. It's another word for inherit. It's another word for heritance. Mm -hmm. The nations are your inheritance. Mm -hmm. In other words, you have the nations belong to you, and one day the nations will submit to you. Mm -hmm. Right. The and the ends of the earth your possession. The ends of the earth. Christ stands up 
and says what? Mine. It's all mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the Father has given it to me. Mm-hmm. The Gaza Strip belongs to Christ. Yeah. It's interesting. Afghanistan belongs to Christ. Canada belongs to Christ. The United States belong to Christ. Yeah. We. I think one of the common things, not to interrupt this passage here real quick, but... Or my sermon, but... Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> We'd be quick to say, like, material things belong to God. So you say that the cattle on a thousand hills belong to God. Mm-hmm. Like, we could, we could connect that, God's possession of, of material things. But when it comes to the nations, we would say, oh, no way. There's no way they belong to him. But then Psalm 2 is, is blowing that whole paradigm 100%. Up. 100%. Yeah. And this is this, verse 10. <clears throat> now, oh, I'm sorry, verse 9 first. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. So it's Christ or chaos. It's bow the knee or you will die and be cut down and broken and go to hell. Like mm-hmm. there's, that's it. Verse 10, now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear mm. and rejoice with trembling. So bow your knee to Christ, worship him. <clears throat> Kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish in the way for his wrath is quickly kindled. Bless all bless. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. So man. So should we try to legislate Christian morality? I mean, that's, that's where we're back. Like when we're not, if we're not trying to legislate Christian morality, then we're living life like Christ really isn't Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and, and then yeah. also, I mean, go back to Psalm 1, the idea of, of the good life, the flourishing life, the blessed life. If Christ isn't Lord, you now introduce other pathways to the blessed life, and Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. Yeah. That, that, that this is the only way to access the blessedness, the, the flourishing that we long for. Christ is the only access point. Mm. And so we have to push away. Like we're, this is one of the ways we love neighbor right. is by pushing away the false saviors or the false ways mm. to, or, or I guess the, not just false, but like it's, it's phantom ways mm. of trying to get to the good that we want and, and really actually define what is truly good. And Christ is truly good. Yeah. yeah. And he defines, so he's not just the way Christians say, yeah, he's the way. So everyone must bow their knee to him if they want to go to heaven when they die. He's also the truth, which means he defines capital T truth. Yes. What is a man? What is a woman? Mm -hmm. What is sex for? What is love? What is love? What is a marriage? What is good? What is moral? What is immoral? He defines it. And here's the way, if you just talk about the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments God has set the world up in such a way that if you break them, they break you. Right? You break them, they break you. And and what I mean by that is that's the way the world is. Like if I murder someone, that usually sparks off a chain of events that somebody eventually is going to come and murder me. Yeah. Yeah. Consequences. What you said? Consequences. There's going to be consequences. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, you commit adultery, that is going to break you. It's mm-hmm. going to destroy your family. It's, mm-hmm. It could take you all of your money. It could, that husband might come and kill you. You know, like there's, <laughs> yeah. right? There, you break God's laws mm-hmm. and they break you. Right. Mm-hmm. Christians need to see 
that Christ is Lord over all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yes, we want to legislate morality. And anyone who says they don't is lying. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want my I don't want to live in a neighborhood where I think my neighbors might just bust down my door and take my stuff, mm. right? Because mm -hmm. he thinks it's his. It's like no, like this is my stuff. Thou shalt not steal. I mm. want everyone to obey. Thou shalt not steal. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, why do we think that doesn't apply to issues of sexuality? Mm. People want what they want. Why does it? But you want you might want my truck. Yeah. Why, why do we know you can't come take my truck, mm -hmm. but why do we think it's okay, you know, in issues of sexuality? Well, I think when you look at it, I mean, it's still government law of not stealing someone else's property, but when government approves of same-sex attraction and marriage, that's when a lot of people go ahead and start doing what they, what they please. Okay. Well, I think people have always done what they please in, in right. some sense, but mm -hmm. they do it behind closed doors. Yeah. Because we've obviously had in our country laws against homosexuality, yeah. laws against these, these things, you mm -hmm. know? And it was, it was still practiced, un, mm -hmm. you know, undercovered behind closed doors. It's not as loud, though. Yeah. And, it's, and therefore, the society isn't as broken. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? You break God's laws, they break you. Mm -hmm. So when you start promoting things that break God's law, yeah. you start promoting chaos. Mm -hmm. Definitely just, when you're in power and you promote it. It just keeps graduating because the, the insatiable desire for more doesn't go away. I mean, Christ is the answer for our, our deepest desires. Yeah. But if I'm not turning to Christ to be satisfied, it's first this debauchery, then it's this sexual immorality, and then graduates and graduates and graduates yeah. until our society and our values that were once firmly fixed have deteriorated to be unrecognizable. And then that's where chaos comes in because you don't have, you don't have the cultural mind or the shared mind to say, well, this is what's good. This is what's honorable. This is what's virtuous. And all of those distinctions get blurred. And now you have an, an importing of a bunch of different vantage points and yeah. different viewpoints that makes it very confusing. So I think here's what, here's what I've noticed has happened. Many modern-day Christians have come to believe the lies of secularism mm -hmm. and pluralism. And they've basically come to believe, well, this is true for me, but I know it's not true for you. Mm -hmm. And so I, who am I to push my beliefs on you? Mm -hmm. Right? That is a secular, pagan, pluralistic Mm -hmm. worldview assumption yeah. that is anti-Christian. Correct. Hear, hear me, that is anti-Christian. When you hear anti-Christian, I hope you hear anti-Christ because mm -hmm. I think that's the goal. Yeah, because part of the suggestion is that in doing that, you can be more compassionate than Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like you can yeah. be more gracious than God and that's just not reality. Or to assume that there's a neutral zone that this person's living in. Mm -hmm. There is no neutral zone. You are either antagonist, antagonistic to Christ or you accept Christ, right? right? Mm -hmm. There is no neutral zone here. And so I'm not pushing, it's not necessarily me pushing my beliefs upon you. I'm confronting you with reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying, listen, I think if you jump off that building, you might fall down and die. Yeah. That's not me pushing my beliefs on me, on you. That's me confronting you with necessity and, and abject reality. That, that's the way God built the world. Yeah. So when I say two guys can't get married, I'm not pushing my beliefs on you. 
I'm confronting you with abject reality. Yep. Mm. The God who made human beings, the God who made the institution of marriage, he said that this is how it is. One man, yeah. one woman. Right. For and life. when you look at it, when you give someone the standards and uh, from God's word, it, it can be offensive. And it's nothing that you have done. It's just what God's word has put down on paper. Um, and I think for a lot of people, they get offended and they get convicted. It's, it's from God's word. Yeah. <clears throat> so hmm. I, th- I think this is a core issue when it comes to people thinking about what would it look like if we had a Christian nation? that they're afraid, many Christians are afraid to assert the Lordship of Christ mm-hmm. over politics, mm. yeah. right? And, and we haven't even mentioned really politics right now. We're, we're talking about the law. Right. We're talking about legal standards, Yeah. right? But it, yeah, it, it goes all the way up. You're talking about legal theory, and then you're gonna transition into political theory, the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's one of the, that's how we got our representative democracy that we live in, right? That's, that's how we, our republic, that's how we got it because we see like with, you know, with Moses and the, you know, and he's had to separate his kind of authority and, and, and delegate mm-hmm. it out. And we see that, that people have an individual right mm-hmm. to lead their family. And so there is different spheres of, of authority. And then God's given us governing authorities and he's given the, the magistrate, the, the sword and and he's given the church the keys of the kingdom. And so pastors don't convert it to the sword, right? Yeah. But the, the government is meant to legislate morality. What is good? What is punishable? Yeah. And they mm-hmm. have, they've been given the sword to do that. Mm-hmm. The question is, like, someone asked, like, can, Christ, can Christians be a part of the government? Can mm. Christians be a part of, should Christians run for office? Can they be police officers? Can be, they be the ones that carry the sword? What do you guys think? They need to. <laughs> yeah. We need yeah. them to. Like, can you imagine? Like, oh, no, let's create a little Christian enclave, but let's give all the pagans the swords. Yeah. Yeah. Let's give all the pagans the right to make the laws. Mm. Right? It's absolutely absurd. What we would be saying there is Christ is Lord over my heart. Christ mm. is Lord over my church, but he's not Lord over the legislative system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, it seems like a lot of what you're getting at is kind of that, that rugged individualism, right? And how that has crept into the church. Because I'm, I'm thinking when we're talking about authority structures, we're talking about those spheres of sovereignty. We're talking about the family. We're talking about the church. We're talking about the government. But where people start getting into this mindset of, well, I, I can't tell you how to live your life. It's I can't tell you how to live your, right? So it's this, this individualistic mindset instead of, hey, no. Scripture, the world is built on families that become churches, that become societies, right? These yeah. kinds of thought processes. Yeah. And it, again, it's not, <coughs> it's not me trying to force my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's me telling you what Christ, the Lord of all, mm-hmm. says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's coming from the judge of all the earth, mm-hmm. right? And Romans 13, where it says that God's given the, the sword to, to the, the, the magistrates, and he said he's, he's given the magistrates to promote the good and, and cut down the evil. And yeah. they're, he's called their, they're called servants. Mm-hmm. They're called yeah. servants of yes. God. Okay. What that, what that means, and this is from a Protestant doctrine called the doctrine of the lesser magistrates, is that means if your king is not serving God, in other words, if your king is not submitting to Christ, a lesser magistrate, you're, I'm just going to, 
your governor, your mayor, should resist the king. Mm. Because the governor serves Christ first mm -hmm. and not the king first. Yeah. Right. So we could say your Congress, your, your Senate, our representatives, if the president is disobeying Christ, those men and women should disregard the president in order to honor Christ. Right. That's called the, and so we, that's, you know, this is where we practice Christian resistance. Mm -hmm. We resist the governing authorities yeah. when the governing authorities are not submitting to Christ and they're asking us to do things that violate some of the mm -hmm. either individuals, individual sovereignty, you know, those realms yeah. of family, church, et cetera. Um, and I, I just think, I think Christians, man, they've, they've had some kind of separation in their mind between the physical and the spiritual. Mm. And they think Christ is only Lord over some spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. And that's not, man, that's not what Psalm 2 says. No. That's not what Revelation 21 says. Right. It's, he's, he, there's not, and that's what Abraham Kuyper said, right? There's not one square inch of all creation that Christ doesn't stand over it and call it mine. Mm -hmm. Right? Why? Because it was given to him by inheritance from the Father, and he purchased it with his blood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? You think people, a lot of people try to separate the two because they don't want to get fired, or they don't want to get pushed to the side, or they don't want to get eliminated well, for a, from a certain community that they're a part of? Or Basically, you're asking me how many people do that because they're cowards. Yeah. Yes. Plenty of them do it because they're cowards. Mm -hmm. But more, more of them do it because they don't know. They're just mm -hmm. ignorant. They've, they've been taught this by preachers. There's plenty of preachers out there who are teaching this kind of radical two kingdoms approach that yeah. because Christ said his kingdom wasn't of the world, that how, somehow means that Christ only has a spiritual kingdom. Mm -hmm. When Christ said, my kingdom is not of this world, he means my kingdom did not come from this world. Mm -hmm. right? yeah, yeah. It came from heaven. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. he teaches us to pray. Mm -hmm. Thy, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. Yeah, it's not of this world. It's from heaven, but it's coming to this world. Yeah. And, it, and he's building the church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. And we're called to disciple the nations. Yeah. Right? Discipling the nations, teaching them to obey all that Jesus commanded. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That isn't just some kind of, you know, spiritual rules or family rules. That includes all spheres of life. Yeah. Every, wherever we wherever we go, mm -hmm. the halls of power to the streets of the ghetto yeah. that we're teaching people to obey Christ. Yes, yeah, good. Because he's Lord over it all. Yeah. And it's not loving to do any other. Yeah. Ooh. It's not loving to do any other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I act like my neighbor is just in neutral zone mm -hmm. and he, him and God are probably cool. And, you know, I'm literally making his life comfortable in order for him to go to hell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I know we say, no, no, no. I'm just trying to wait for an opportunity. I don't want to be too offensive. And I'm not saying that you're standing outside your neighbor's house and, you know, turn or burn <laughs> type of conversation. Turn or burn. Like you're, you're wanting to invite them in, but talk like you really believe Christ is Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. And then love him in such a way that he's blown away. Because mm -hmm. if you can just straight up say, oh yeah, man, I believe your lifestyle is completely sinful and God will, God's going to judge you because of it and he's mm -hmm. already judging you because of it. If you don't turn, then, then you're going to go to hell. I 100% believe that, man. And hey, pass the butter. Would you, would you pass the butter? <laughs> hey, dude, so what, what'd you do? Like, and I'm just, yes, that's absolutely true. That's objectively mm -hmm. true. 
and yet I'm you're still at my dinner table. You're yep. still eating my burgers. Mm-hmm. I want to have a relationship with you, and I'm not. I'm not saying that that you're worse than me in a, in some yeah. kind of you know. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not I'm not wanting you to be killed. I'm not wanting you to be marched off to the gulags. Yeah. I you have the freedom that the Christian religion offers you, right? The Christian religion is the only religion that offers you the freedom to be an atheist as my neighbor yeah. and not be, you know, forced to convert. Mm-hmm. So I, that's the freedom that the Christian religion gives you and the Christian form of government gives you, yes, but I want that freedom to result in your conversion. Yeah. That's good. Because I love you, right? I love you and you're, you're driving your life, right now you're driving your Tesla at 110 miles an hour into a brick wall. Mm-hmm. And one of these days you're going to hit the brick wall. Yeah. And so I'm telling you the brick brick wall is coming and I hope that you turn from it mm-hmm. now. That's good. Yeah. And I think when you're doing that, like you're, you're being the salt and light, right? I mean, you're um, sharing the good news, but also you're not letting your light dim. You're not like a flashlight that's just turning it off when you're getting around certain people and then turn it back on when you get in church. Like you're continuing to press on and being a light every single where you go. And that's good. And that's what we need to do. And we shouldn't be cowards as Christians because we serve a true king. Mm. And that should give us the confidence and the boldness to go out there and do the hard things. Yeah. I think that's good, man. The confidence and the boldness. Because if I believe Christ is Lord over all, and he's Lord over my neighbor, and he's Lord over me, and he's Lord over who moved into my neighborhood. Let's go. Then why wouldn't, why wouldn't I believe that God, as the great author, mm. wrote this into the story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, too, how much do you hate your neighbor to not share the good news? You have something that's so good, that's so good, and you want to let them know, come taste and see, but then you don't want to share it. Man. Yeah. Again, so when we say it like this, it seems clear, but I think the enemy, a half-truth is always more believable Mm. than a completely false truth. Mm. Right? When you're trying to give your dog a vitamin, right, you wrap that thing in some cheese. You wrap that thing in something that dog's looking at like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get. You don't just try to force that pill down his throat. Right. Plus, the enemy does the same thing to us. Mm. So he takes some good-sounding scripture, and then he twists it, and just and he just packages some falsehood in it, mm. and then Christians swallow it, and basically they lose their inheritance in some sense. They, they, they're wondering why the nation is paganizing so fast or secularizing so fast and they're tr- all, all these people are now literally trying to trans the kids. Mm. It's like because we believed in a, in a neutral educational system for so long. There is no neutral educational system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Christ is Lord over all. Yeah. You can't try to take away truth and take away education from Christ and then expect it to stay in line with truth. Mm. Mm-hmm. There is, it's not there. No. Okay, how how long have we been going here? Okay, so we're 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 wrapping up here, forty minutes or so. All right, so podcast number two, kind of on Christian nationalism, but it's the it's some thoughts and concepts that are higher than Christian yeah. nationalism yeah. that are behind the Christian the nationalism. Blocks. Yeah. They're building blocks, and we're going to keep building on these. So again, um, if you've got questions, please email me at justindean at sacredcitychurch.com, or you can do. Email uh, Sam at Sam at SacredCityChurch.com, and we would love to hear from you guys. We're we're doing this because hey, yeah, we've got a, a crazy political system coming up. We're gonna have, we've got a whole, uh, you know, social media and media monstrosity that's set against Christians, and and you know, there's gonna be a lot of propaganda going out, 
And there's going to be a lot of potential for us to get divided in this next year when, mm. when politics start hitting the, hitting the fan and things start getting crazy because this is probably going to be one of the craziest elections uh, in American history, mm. I, I would imagine. With what I'm just banking on Jesus coming back before it hits that. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people who have been banking on that for a long time. Oh, wouldn't it be nice? Come on, Jesus. It would, but, you know, uh, we'll see. I, I don't know if the nations are quite Christianized yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think we might have to, we have, might have some work to do before. Yeah, for I think sure. That's right. I think too many are rebelling against the sun, so we've got a lot of work to do. So if you've got any questions, email us. We'd love to hear from you. Guys, give us a like or a share on social media. It really does help us get to a lot more people. I'm really thankful for you guys listening to us, and we want to continue to answer your questions. So we love you. God bless. We're praying for you. Talk to you soon.